0: You guys can see that, right? All right, so we are in Lesson 9, and uh, just to quick review uh, from last week, Pastor Rich went over the full circle discipline. That is last week, right? Am I, I'm not recalling, I'm not missing a week. Yeah, I was out of town, so I'm a little discombobbled two weeks ago, but last lesson, right? Yeah. So uh full circle discipline we talked about. And that's where you just walk your child through when you're when you're in a situation where you're issuing discipline and you're correcting your child, you take them through the process of saying, asking them what happened so that they verbalize the, the behavior. And then you help them talk through um, what the behavior was that needs to change, what about it needs to change. So what happened um I threw a toy at my sister's head. what is what it needs to change about that? Well, I shouldn't throw toys at my sister's head. That's wrong. I could hurt her. It doesn't please God. Um, what right behavior needs to replace it? Well, instead of being mean and being mad at my sister, I now the child verbalizes what the right choice would have been. If she was being unfair, I could have come and told Mom. Um, I could have tried to work it out with her in a peaceful way, or I could have given up my way and let her have her way, Dif- different things like that. You're helping them think through right choices. And then what further response or attitude would glorify God? So now I've sinned against my sister. I can go, uh, after I, I ask God to forgive me, I can go and ask my sister to forgive me, express remorse for hurting her, and so on. So you're walking them through this this full circle discipline. And as a result, you're not... Um you're not merely engaging in behavior modification. You're helping them you're trying to get to the heart of what's happening uh with with their sinful behavior and why it's wrong. It's not just wrong because you don't like it or it makes mom mad. Um that you're you're taking them through the process of what they did wrong, how to correct it, and in the process of that you're trying to help them understand why this the struggle is Uh, is a struggle that they're experiencing. So um, that leads us to this week's lesson, which focuses on discipline. Godly parents are committed to discipline. Now, the full circle approach that we talked about last week, we gave this little illustration. And in order... To add to confusion, we're going to talk about this week building the circle, but no, not that circle. It's a different circle. <laughs> so, but circles make great illustrations. So I'm going to stick with the illustration. I think it is helpful. Um, but I just wanted to make clear that that process that we went through last week is important. Uh, this, this circle that we walked them through is important, but I wanted to distinguish it from what we're going to be talking about this week when we say building the circle. And if you've looked through the chapter, you saw this circle there in the book. Um, and there are a couple key components to this. There's life inside the circle and life outside the circle. And uh, I've got in your outline there what the definition of those two things are. Um, we're going to say life inside the circle. And is is that showing up right on my... Yeah, there we go. Oh, I forgot I changed the slide, so I've got the picture of the circle in there. Um, life inside the circle is a place of God's blessing. That's that's what in this analogy and this illustration, that's what that's representing. Life in the si- inside the circle is when we live God's way, and as a result, God's promises of what life in His world, according to His rules, is like. That promise is ours, um, and the way I think the book does a good job of characterizing a way to communicate this to children that is simple. And it's something that can become, it's it's easy to repeat. You can commit it to memory and you can repeat it to your child from the time they're very young. And it's kind of a mantra that helps them to... Uh, use this as a framework for what it means when you call them to obedience. So here's here's the definition. I don't think I have it written for you in the outline, but you can jot it down or it's in the book if you want to reference it. And that is, and you, you may have used this with your children already. It's not, I don't think it's invented by this book, but that is obedience is doing what I'm told, doing it right away and doing it with the right attitude or good attitude. And you can even simplify that with with smaller children and that obedience is uh doing what mommy or daddy say all the way right away and with a happy heart so i really i really think um betsy did a great job in summarizing uh, giving a, a way to communicate that and so what you're trying to do with this picture of the circle this illustration or this analogy of the circles we're trying to um demonstrate in everyday life as we come to discipline um scenarios where our children have done something and we need to correct that we're trying to help them understand why this matters what's important about what we're doing and that is we're trying to call them to obedience which means do what i say right away and with the right attitude and you could you could pick that apart to think about the different ways that this can go wrong uh not doing what you said or doing what you said when they get around to it. Or doing what you said on the outside, but cursing at you on the inside. And that is that; those are all not obedience. So that's life inside the circle. And that's in contrast to life outside of the circle. And that is the place of God's judgment. So in this picture that we're giving them of the circle, um, what we're trying to do is put in place in our children's lives with the different um, family standards that we come up with that are based on biblical standards we're building guardrails you see those little concentric circles on the inside there we're building guardrails in the lives of our children and um, I, I say this advisedly i don't i don't mean to minimize the rules you give your children and, and they're important but in some respect the rules are incidental the key with this illustration is what we're trying to do is we're trying to build into them an understanding of the importance of submission because you will not always be the authority in their lives um, in the sense that you are when they're young children. Uh, they'll always owe you respect as p- their parents. God God tells all of us to honor our mother and father, even more adults. That's that applies. But we're, we're trying to teach them that even when we're gone, this concept of authority in their life is always there because they are always under God's authority. And God has placed various levels of authority in our lives at different stages of our lives. And by starting when they're very young, to teach them this concept by putting up guardrails and pointing out to them when they hit the guardrails and trying to help them understand why guardrails are important um, and... Strategies for staying within the guardrails, and ultimately, um, this is this is a, a reminder uh, for all of us that self-discipline. So let me let me back up and say this: discipline, this process of teaching them about the circle, building the circle in their lives, um, is a process we're doing in order to equip them to one day practice self-discipline. So we're imposing discipline on them when they're young. In order to help them learn the importance of discipline and ultimately apply self-discipline. And that's, I kind of struggled with this term because ultimately we want to be submissive to God. We want to be walking in the spirit is the biblical New Testament term. So self-discipline, uh, in one sense, that's correct. In another sense, um, it may be putting too much uh, confidence in the flesh. <laughs> um, it's something that the Holy Spirit does in us. and so that leads me to a reminder under this point of building the circle and that is self-discipline is impossible for us as unregenerate sinners. So before regeneration, before we are born again, uh, we might be able to modify behavior and we might have some limited success at that, but even even the successes we have are masking ultimate failure because we do things even the good things we do out of false motives out of selfish motives so the circle is a source of frustration for us and a source of discouragement for our children if we treat it as if the child can remain in the circle by sheer power of their own will so we have to keep that i i, I just um, can't emphasize enough how important it is you remember that this is not like behavior this is not like training your puppy It's different with children. You have an image bearer of God who is born with a marred image and is a slave to their sin. And every instance of discipline before their conversion is an opportunity to point them to the gospel. It doesn't mean they get a whole sermon and, you know, the whole Romans wrote every time they disobey. Um, that would maybe dishearten them. But it, it means that we look for the opportunities in the process of discipline to point them to the gospel. And uh, that's hopeful. That's a hopeful thing. So instead of making them feel hopeless, like they're never going to be able to obey, be, because honestly they can't, it is pointing them to the, the way of escape from that uh, servitude to their sin. So every instance of discipline after conversion, what we're trying to point them to is an opportunity to encourage them that they've been free from their sin. They've been freed to live gratefully unto God, and the very discipline that they're facing in that instance is God's grace to them, to sanctify them. Just like in our lives as adults when we go through, when we experience the consequences of our sin and God's loving Chastisement, uh, it is a reminder of God's grace, uh, to us. We'll look at a verse in just a little bit. I didn't put the verses in the slides today, but it reminds us that as, as God's word says in Hebrews that He, uh, disciplines every child that He loves. And that's why we do that for our children. So building the circle. And this is where we get into where I'm going to spend the bulk of the time in this chapter. And that is, uh, for young children, building the circle requires a deterrent so as we talk about building the circle um for young children reminding them uh that life inside of the circle circles place of god's blessing and outside is a place of god's judgment it requires a deterrent and so that leads me where i'm going to spend a ton of the time tonight to spank or not to spank that is the question <laughs> um You know, this is, this is a hot button topic in our culture. And, um, you know, you've got the, the majority kind of sentiment in our culture, uh, with its warped view of love and its warped view of the human will and anthropology, man, the assumption of man's basic goodness. Uh, it's no surprise that the idea, the very concept of spanking is thought of as perverse and violent. But I just want to lay out some principles. And I think on your notes, I left a big blank spot underneath this, right? Is that what am I remembering correctly? Not if that's right. Yeah. So I'm going to, I'm going to jump through a bunch of things here. I'm going to try to do it quickly. And feel free to write down the things that are helpful. If what I'm saying is you're like, yeah, yeah, no, that no problem. Didn't don't don't feel obligated to write anything down. I didn't want to put every little point that I'm going to say because, uh, one, I might not say them for time's sake, and uh, two, um, hopefully a lot of this is common knowledge, is something that's intuitive to you. So first of all, spanking is not hitting. It's not synonymous with hitting. Spanking done biblically is not violent. Uh, biblical spanking um is not hitting a child and shouldn't be associated with the horrific practice of child abuse. Hitting is aggression. Spanking is not. So think, this is a beautiful illustration I thought that the uh, book had. Spanking done properly is no more hitting a child than strapping a child in a car seat is tying them up. Think about that. You know, someone could say, why are you tying that child up? That's cruel. Well, no, it's wise. If you're going to hurl them down the freeway at 70 miles an hour <laughs> inside of a big hunk of metal, uh inches away from other big hurling hunks of metal at 70 miles an hour, you should strap them in. It's love to do that. And uh, that is what biblical spanking is to a child. When done properly in love, using the full circle discipline, um, model that we talked about this is heading them off from the path the bible calls the pathway to destruction and um i just want to highlight a couple things about that having said that then spanking is not the only method of discipline and should be used advisedly and appropriately um so advisedly and appropriately you know so for example i'm just going to pick an example uh, that comes to my mind uh, dads, you probably shouldn't be spanking your 15-year-old girl. <laughs> if if you're doing that, you've probably missed some steps along the way <laughs> because this is intended as, uh, as we'll talk about a little later, a deterrent to our young children. It's to help communicate other things. Um, so spanking is not the only method of discipline and should be used advisedly as appropriate. Nevertheless, discipline this kind of uh, physical discipline is an important biblical concept. A couple of verses for you: Proverbs twenty-nine, fifteen. If you want to jot the references down, I'll read them quickly for you. But um, a rod and a reprimand impart wisdom, but a child left undisciplined disgraces its mother. And notice it says a rod and a reprimand. So there's instruction going along with physical discipline here, and I think the the two of those should vary inversely with the age and maturity of a child when a child's young a tap on on the hand or a, a pat on the on the tail on the and we'll talk I'm going to talk some very specific uh, details about this but a pat on on the behind uh, helps get attention and draw attention to the instruction we're giving it the appropriate amount of detail for the child's age Proverbs 3, uh, 3 11 and 12. Say, my son, do not despise the Lord's discipline and do not resent his rebuke because the Lord disciplines those he loves as a father, the son he delights in. So discipline of our children in whatever form it comes in is, uh, is a sign of our love for them. We care enough to physically stop them from the way of destruction and pick them up and turn them toward the way of life. Proverbs thirteen twenty four says, "Whoever spares the rod hates their children, but the one who loves their child is careful to discipline them." And then Hebrews twelve six, I referenced earlier, the Lord disciplines the one he loves, and he chastens everyone he accepts as his son. So the Bible is very clear. Uh, we could go to any number of places that give us this truth, but God is opposed to abuse of children. God is, we're taught repeatedly to be a protector of the weak and the vulnerable. Um, not an abuser of them. And God is opposed to child abuse. Therefore, when he tells us that fathers who love their children do not spare the rod, spanking done properly is not abuse. Um, so spanking should only be used as a part of full circle discipline that pastor rich talked about last week it's an effective way to address the volitional aspect of a child's disobedience and the book goes into some detail about this and i just want to highlight quickly the distinctions between three aspects uh that may be involved three aspects of the human person that may be involved in uh, a child's disobedience or behavior that needs to be addressed um, spanking addresses the volitional part, so that's the that is the seat of the will, volition, the child's will. So the child knows what's right, the child wants something different, and the child chooses, makes the choice to disobey. Spanking is an effective way to address that. Uh, the book is does a great job outlining alternatives for. Areas of disobedience or perhaps just behavior that needs to be addressed that are sourced in a different part of the human person. For example, the intellect. Teaching is what we need to focus on when we have a problem with our child that's because of ignorance, an area that they need, uh, we need to address their intellect. So they don't know that something is wrong or they don't understand, uh, what happened that is leading to this correction, and so we teach them. You know, it, it's. I just want to emphasize that it's not automatic that a child does something that might merit a spanking in some instances. But if you understand that they were ignorant, they did this in ignorance. Doesn't mean that we can't ever sin in ignorance. The Bible says that we can uh, sin in ignorance, but it means that the the thing we want to address then is not their willful disobedience. It is an area of ignorance. We want to instruct them. They've been entrusted to us. Their instruction is our responsibility, so we'll focus on teaching that instance. And other times, uh there is an emotional aspect. You know, you may have a child who is resistant to bedtime because they're afraid and, you know, they're not manipulating. You know that they're, you know, by looking at the situation, you can tell they're not manipulating you. And in that case, they need to be encouraged. They need us to address the fear that they're experiencing and try to help them through that so they don't need a spanking per se they need they need somebody to help them face this thing that they fear so does that that makes sense spanking should be used as a part of full circle discipline and as a part of that we may we may as we investigate the situation and ask them about what's happening we may realize that they don't need a spanking in this instance they just need to understand better or they need encouragement to do what's right and to 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 know that uh, this is okay. Where we wouldn't lead them astray here. Um, I'm going to say more about this later, but I had this this point here that I wanted to uh, emphasize in the context of full circle discipline. Spanking is not designed to humili- humiliate children, but to train them, and as a result, it shouldn't be something that's done out in public. Um, It should be done if we uh, believe that what's happened does merit a spanking. Then it should be done relatively quickly because it needs to be done in a way that the child understands the connection of the punishment to what was done. But it shouldn't be done in public uh should be done in private. And then as well, it should be accompanied by age-appropriate explanations of what's happening and why it's happening. Um, You know, I think Jessica used a couple weeks ago the example of – you know, touching the stove and, you know, here you've got a little boy whose Harrison's just really tiny and you don't know how much he can understand of what you're saying. So the explanation that goes with the tap on the hand when it's reaching up to touch the stove is very simplistic. No, no, mama says no. Um, it doesn't necessarily have to have a whole discourse on heat and, uh, burn. Uh, statistics and all those kind of things. He doesn't know anything about that. Uh, he just needs to know Mama Says No. And that's building at his level, that's building that circle of protection. And then um, the last thing I'll say about that with the full circle discipline is spanking shouldn't be a way of life. If we start soon when they're young and carry this out as appropriate for their age, biblical spanking is effective in building the circle so that as the children grow... Um, and you look back on your lives together, you'll see that this, this was a deterrent that you had to use sparingly at the time <laughs> when they're really little and you're trying to build this, the, the foundation of this circle. It seems like all you're doing is telling them no and addressing bad behavior. But when you look back on it, you'll see that this was like, I think she said, I don't know where she gets the percent, but she says one half of one percent of your lives together. And, uh, I think that's true. It seems like it's a lot at the time, but, If you really are if you work for consistency at it, um, you don't have to do it as much. And it seems much bigger when you're going through it, but um, if we're consistent and we use the first full circle method, we won't have to do it as much. Um, So consistency is really important. And let's see. God's design is simple, um, but it requires our obedience. Our faith, that's one thing that I, I thought um, is worth mentioning. When you are a new parent and you first begin this process with your little one, it is heart-wrenching to tap your little beautiful child on the behind, and you barely touch them, but their heart breaks, and the lip pooches out, and the the tears well up in the eyes, and you think, can this be right? <laughs> Maybe this is violence, like the culture tells me. <laughs> and. Uh, God's word though is very clear that that this emotional pain you witness your child experience that is brief um, is going to help them begin to understand that boundaries are important and that authority is there for their protection uh, and over time uh, you'll be thankful that you trusted God in this. So following this plan, this full uh, this building the circle, the diagram I've got on your page there and, and that we had on the screen doesn't guarantee that your child will grow up to follow the Lord. Um, This takes God's grace. But if we do our part, instilling this design that God has given us into their lives, um, God can use this. God frequently uses this. Uh, to give them a beautiful gift that will reap lifelong benefits. It's the principle expressed in Proverbs 22.6. Now, this is not a promise, but it is a general truism given to us in proverbial form. Start children off on the way they will go, the way they should go, and when they are old, they will not turn from it. So, let me give you the fine print on spanking. And did I put these? Yeah, the fine print on spanking. So first, what spanking is not. And I just I was going to just whip through these or even just say, look at them in the book for yourself. But I don't want to teach people that it's really important that you not abandon God's model of discipline, which includes not fo- focus solely on spanking, but which includes it without these important uh, fine print disclaimers. One, what spanking is not. Spanking is not a God-given right to vent your rage on your child. Um, this, this is why people have the view of spanking, I'm afraid, that they often have. And it is because we just, we resist it. We don't do it because it's a burden. It's a real, it hurts us. It's a pain in the neck. You know, we don't have the stomach for it, whatever. And we resist, we resist, we resist until we have had it. And we just haul off and we take it out on the kid that we're so frustrated. And that's sinful. We should not do that. Um, so spanking is not a God-given right to vent your rage on your child. Spanking is not the right to hit your child whenever you want to. And um, these are, you know, these are things that seem like common sense. But when you, <laughs> I told you uh, before in a previous lesson that I was like uh up for nomination for most patient man on earth when I was younger. And when you have children, it reveals that you are not the most patient person on earth. And so these things are common sense, but I'm telling you, at least if you're like me, you will be tempted to sin in these ways as a parent and you have to guard against it because instead of helping your child, then you will be harming your child and the spanking or the, whatever substitutes for spanking that you take out on your child will actually do the opposite of what godly discipline is designed to do. Um, spanking is not your opportunity to let out all of your frustrations. Again, so if you're consistent, if you are committed to do it and do it in the right way when it's necessary, um, you hopefully won't get to this point. And then fourthly, spanking is not retribution for your child's disobedience. This is really important. Um, spanking is in order to get your child's attention and to help communicate to them what discipline, why they are being disciplined. It is not the, the payback for their discipline, and it's important that they understand that. So how do they understand that? That's the next uh and really the last uh Component I want to talk about, and that is going full circle with your child. So here we're bringing to bear what Pastor Rich taught last week about the full circle discipline on this idea of trying to build the circle of protection around your child. Um, this is this is the nitty gritty, really. And when it comes to spanking children, it's important that you you recognize that you're not you want to avoid inflicting any kind of permanent harm on them. This is just to get attention. And so uh, I thought Betsy does a good job of being explicit in the book. Spank on the fleshy part of their seat, and that's it. Um, Don't smack them in the face. I think when they're very little, a tap on the hand is acceptable as well. Um, But you're not trying to hurt them. You're trying to get their attention. And I think that coincides nicely with what I said earlier about when they get older This should be required less and less and the, and the reproof component of the discipline becomes more prominent. And, uh, you'll find if you're a parent of young children, you'll find that this will naturally transition because the spanking will, if you do it, if you're doing it properly where you're not trying to hurt them, it will cease to be effective because it won't, it won't even get attention anymore. And some children more than others. Um, I have one child that would kind of chuckle. When she would get a spanking and that, that, uh, helped me to understand that not every child gets exactly the same discipline in exactly the same way if you're really trying to be effective at it. So, uh, that, that's important. And then don't act shocked, um, when you have to discipline them, when they, uh, exercise, when they're sinning, when they're being disobedient, um. Because we don't want them to think that they need to hide their sin from us. So this is not, uh, this activity of spanking is not an expression of how appalled you are that they would do such a thing. Uh, but rather, we're, we're reiterating to them that we love them and we're trying to protect them, that unless they learn that obedience is better than disobedience, that they're in danger the rest of their lives because the stakes won't get lower, they will get higher. And again, this explanation varies depending on their age. But you want them to understand that you love them. You're not shocked that they sinned because you know what? You sin and God God chastises all of us for our sin. So this is not uh, a chance to express to them Uh, how repulsive they are to you (laughs) that they did this thing. It's explaining to them that you love them and you're trying to help them learn to obey. And back to the point about before they're, uh, believers, you're trying to help them realize that they keep running into this boundary and they can't, they can't seem to consistently change their behavior because none of us can do this on their own, on our own. We need God's grace and that's why Jesus came to die for us. Um, so, uh, let's see, lost my place here. Yeah, don't act shocked or they'll learn to hide their sin. Um, the book has some more good things to say, I'll keep moving. Uh, be firm and in control. Be firm and in control. Think about this. You're trying to correct behavior because they did not control themselves. You're, you're issuing uh, physical discipline because they directly disobeyed you. They chose to do what they knew was wrong. They were not in control. And what is it communicating to them if we are out of control because we're just so ticked that they did this? We're trying to demonstrate for them in the way we carry this out what we're encouraging them to do. You know, uh, I don't like spanking you, my child. I, I don't take any pleasure in this. It's, it's hard for me because I know it hurts you. But God tells me to be your teacher, and so I want you to learn that obedience is important, and so we're going to do this. And so right there, you're, dis, you're disciplining them in a way that's demonstrating what you're encouraging them to do. Um, discuss what was wrong about their behavior and what the right choice would have been. This is that full circle again. So you're, you're helping them understand what went wrong and how to do better next time. Uh, help them understand how they got to this point. And that kind of seems, um, like it might be, uh, repetitive of the last point. But you really want them to see, um, tr- you're trying to help them own not just what was wrong about it, but that they chose to disobey, that, that they made a bad choice, that they weren't victimized by circumstances. Um, that there's a problem in their heart that we're addressing. And then uh, the next key item is is spanking privacy. Like I said earlier, you're not trying to humiliate them. This is not their brother and sister's business. Um, it's one of the things I found uh, was very helpful too in helping each of my children own their own sin was, you know, Your sister might have done something wrong too, but I'm not talking to them right now. I'm talking to you. That's why we're doing this in private. They're not here. And we're just addressing what you need to change. And so that's, I think, a very important point. And then watch for a tender, humble, repentant attitude. This is the goal of this correction. And when you see that, you want to acknowledge it and you want to encourage it Uh and that's what you're trying to motivate them to embrace: is own their sin, turn from it, and uh, to seek God's grace to do better the next time. Deal with any forgiveness or restitution that needs to take place. So this is this is the idea of making it right. Um, so if they wronged another person, if this wasn't just something they disobeyed you, but they defrauded their sibling or injured somebody or, or took something that wasn't theirs. Uh, then we, we, uh, walk them through following through and making that right with the other person. That's going to establish a pattern that will be important their whole life. And then finally pray with them, hug them, kiss them, let them know that this, this is the end of that thing that happened. So it's over. We dealt with it. And, um, this was something that you did as their parent because you love them, not because you're mad at them. And your love for them didn't change one bit through this. In fact, it, it's an expression of your love that you went through this with them. So that's, that's, those are a bunch of key points. They're really well, um, defined in the book if you'd like to go back and reference them. Uh, two last points I just want to touch on really quickly. I'm not even going to really go into details with them. Uh, the, the, the one is allow our children to experience consequences. So it might be that your child did something and it wasn't wrong. Maybe, maybe they accidentally broke something, for example, that was, belonged to somebody else. Um, it's very, uh, instructive for kids to have to feel the consequences of even those kinds of things. Now, I, this is fresh on my mind because something like this happened on our trip uh, with the teens last week and something was broken and uh, the kids uh, explained what happened. And I believe every word of it. I believe that nobody was trying to break something and nobody was really even trying to be frivolous. I'm I'm taking them at their word. They weren't being careless, but, they needed some additional caution that they didn't exercise and it was an honest mistake. But it resulted in something breaking. And so we we talked with the teens and with the parents. And so they're they're replacing their perch making a purchase to replace the thing that was broken. And I, I talked with the parents separately and encouraged them, don't pay for this for your child. Let them pay for it because um the stakes, they're teenagers right now. And you and I know that, I know it's a lot of money for a kid, but this is just money and the stakes are not going to get lower. And so this will be a reminder to them that your actions have consequences. And so that kind of thing's important in the lives of our kids uh, within reason. You know, We are there, this is a time in their life when they're training. Um, we don't want to let them face something so devastating that it's going to dishearten them or cripple them for life, where their safety net. But when we can, let them feel the, and as much as we can, let them feel the consequences of even poor choices that we wouldn't consider sin. They didn't disobey intentionally. But life is full of these kind of circumstances, and it helps us to be contemplative. It helps us to try to be wise in our decision-making and to not be frivolous. So um, I'll leave that at that. The last point is uh, there are some serious objections to spanking and uh, things that are important to consider. And I just put on the slide, read on your own. I just, it was a section of the chapter that I don't know how long I'm, I am now, but I'm sure I'm way too long. My wife forgot to come through. She might be sleeping. She forgot to come throw something at me, but I knew I wouldn't have time. So do take a look at those if you haven't read the chapter and, uh, that is all I have.